This is the Daily Signal podcast for Wednesday, December 23rd. I'm Kate Trinko. And I'm Virginia Allen. Father and daughter Matt and Savannah Shaw began singing duets together from their kitchen table at the start of the coronavirus pandemic. After they posted their first song on social media, it quickly went viral. Ten months later, they have recorded two albums and gained international attention after multiple appearances on The Kelly Clarkson Show and a write-up in The New York Times. Today, Matt and Savannah join the show to share about their journey of success and how it's impacted their relationship as father and daughter. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to leave a review or a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, and please encourage others to subscribe. Now on to our top news. America has now surpassed 18 million coronavirus cases, according to Johns Hopkins University. 320,000 Americans have died as a result of the virus, making the U.S. the nation with the highest number of reported deaths and confirmed cases. With about a million cases reported in the past seven days, there are increased concerns about the new strain of the virus that has been discovered in the UK and appears to spread more rapidly. The White House may be considering implementing travel restrictions on the UK, but Dr. Anthony Fauci said on CNN Monday that while it's important to follow the new strain of the virus closely, we don't want to overreact. Secretary of Health and Human Services Alex Azar received the COVID-19 vaccine on Tuesday, saying per The Hill that Americans should also know that this vaccine has been through the kind of searching and independent review that they expect for any drug or vaccine at the Food and Drug Administration. Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Diseases, also took the vaccine. Here's what he had to say via CNN. Well, for me, it's important for two reasons. One is that I'm an attending physician here on the staff at the National Institutes of Health Clinical Center. And so I do see patients, but as important or more important is as a symbol to the rest of the country that I feel extreme confidence in the safety and the efficacy of this vaccine. And I want to encourage everyone who has the opportunity to get vaccinated so that we could have a veil of protection over this country that would end this pandemic. Speaking on the Senate floor Monday night, Senator Rand Paul, Republican of Kentucky, railed against the latest $2.3 trillion congressional spending bill and his colleagues who planned to vote for the package. The bill included a $900 billion coronavirus relief package that will send a $600 check to almost every American making $75,000 a year or less and will provide about $284 billion of loan funding to the Paycheck Protection Program for small businesses. The bill will also extend unemployment insurance at $300 a week. Paul attacked the bill for being fiscally irresponsible. The monster spending bill presented today is not just a deficits don't matter disaster, it is everything Republicans say they don't believe in. This bill is free money for everyone. Proponents don't care if you're fully employed or own your own house or own your own business. Free money for everyone, they cry. And yet, if free money were the answer, 
If money really grew on trees, why not give more free money? Why not give it out all the time? Why stop at $600 a person? Why not $1,000? Why not $2,000? Maybe these new free money Republicans should join the Everybody Gets a Guaranteed Income Caucus. Why not $20,000 a year for everybody? Why not $30,000? If we can print up money with impunity, why not do it? The Treasury can just keep printing the money. That is, until someone points out that the emperor has no clothes and that the dollar no longer has value. The 5,600-page spending bill was approved by the Senate in a vote of 92 to 6 and is expected to be signed by President Trump in the coming days. The Kansas City Star is apologizing for its past coverage of local Black residents. Newspaper president and editor Mike Fannin writes, For much of its early history, through sins of both commission and omission, it disenfranchised, ignored, and scorned generations of Black Kansas Cityans. It reinforced Jim Crow laws and redlining. The editor also says, In the pages of the Star, when Black people were written about, they were cast primarily as the perpetrators or victims of crime advancing a toxic narrative. Other violence, meantime, was tuned out. The Star and the Times wrote about military action in Europe, but not about Black families whose homes were being bombed just down the street. Now stay tuned for my conversation with recording artists and father and daughter Matt and Savannah Shaw as we discuss their rise to fame during the coronavirus pandemic. It's because of support from listeners like you that we can continue to produce podcasts like Heritage Explains and SCOTUS 101. And you can help us keep it up by going to www.heritage.org slash podcast today to make your tax-deductible gift. I am so thrilled to be joined by recording artists and father and daughter duet, Matt and Savannah Shaw. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you Thank so you. much. It's great to be here. And uh, it's fun to hear you call us recording artists. music. This is funny. We're still new to this, Virginia. So it's kind of fun to hear that. Well, let's go all the way back to the spring. We spoke in March, and I wrote uh, a brief Daily Signal story about you all. As COVID was setting in, you decided to start recording music together. You both have amazing voices, and you sat down at your dining room table, and you started making music. So take us back to the spring. Why did you guys decide, okay, we're going to start recording, we're going to start putting songs on YouTube? Mm -hmm. Well... It wasn't really a choice at first. It kind of just happened. Um, I was re I wanted to record a video and post it for some friends I wanted to keep in touch with. And um, I didn't want to do it by myself. I was too scared. So I had my dad come in and sing it with me. And well, she, she did not have social media at all. So this was her starting um, an Instagram account to share music with her friends. So this was her first experience. <laughs> on social media and your very first post was the prayer yeah the prayer yeah um, that we sang together and after that started getting views we just decided that we liked it and like we like singing together and doing videos so we just kept on posting and we've been doing it ever since it's been really awesome <laughs> well 
it's working out pretty well for you all. <laughs> that very first video that you posted, the prayer, I think it now has over 8 million views on YouTube. And I mean, it's just been incredible to see how you all have gone from like zero to 60 in just a few months. Was there a certain moment when you began to think, okay, wait a second, I think maybe we should take our music from, you know, just our our dining room and using our closet as a recording studio to I think there might be more here and we should maybe pursue this in, in a bigger way yeah I mean it's it's come in stages for us I think I because I remember the first um I sent Savannah a screenshot of my phone when we were at 3,000 views and my mind was blown <laughs> I like people were sharing the video and they were enjoying it. And, um, and so, you know, that now that it's got, you know, quite a lot more views than that, but, um, the, the reason I think we wanted to, um, take that a little further into an album, um, two albums now, uh, we just got so, um, much positive feedback from people who, um, during a very difficult time, um, were, uh, they, they seem to, listen to the music and their heavy hearts were lifted and um I, and and you know the the feedback we got was really remarkable um it made a big difference in a lot of people's lives and maybe it was just because you know it's a father and a daughter and it reminds us about our relationships and those we love the most during a time where maybe we're not able to be with them um i think it struck a chord but we we just thought it, it felt like um a heavy responsibility kind of to to use our music in a positive way to really help um, a world that was that was struggling at, at the time and so that's why we wanted to do that is share hope spread joy through our music from a simple dad and a daughter and that's where it kind of led to is making those albums if that makes sense yeah oh that's so beautiful and it's so powerful just like you say, that picture of family doing something together in this season. And so many of us have had the blessing of just being reminded in this season when we are at home of the value of family and the importance of kind of getting back to what really matters. Uh, but Matt, you, you reference that you have two albums out right now. You started with, with one single somewhere out there, then you released another single. You came out with your first album, Picture This, over the fall, and now you've just released a Christmas album. So I want to take a minute to let our audience hear just a clip of your beautiful song, your rendition of the song, Hallelujah. So let's take a moment to listen to that song off of your album, Picture This. I've heard there was a secret chord that David played in a place the Do
man, I could just listen to that all day long. It's absolutely gorgeous. Thank I spent a lot of the weekend listening to your music, specifically your Christmas album. It's a great time for the Christmas album. Yeah. So tell yeah. me about um, the response that you received from your first album, Picture This. You all got some, got pretty high on some charts, didn't you? Yeah, yeah we did. That, that was pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> just see our names on a chart we were like we still can't really process what that means <laughs> it's just so crazy but yeah we were um what were we doing <laughs> we, <laughs> we well we um we were hoping to get onto the classical and like classical crossover chart for itunes because you get a little bit more visibility there um, and so when we checked that first day you'll remember we were number one on the iTunes classical crossover chart, which we couldn't believe. I mean, then we had a friend text us later that were, they were like, oh, it looks like you're number 10 or something on the Congrats crossover on chart. The Congrats. And then, so I looked it up and we weren't even on the chart anymore at all. And so I was like, oh, well, we had a fun ride. That was cool while it lasted. But the reason is because somehow iTunes switched us to the pop charts. Oh. And I looked at the pop chart, we were number one on oh, the okay. iTunes pop chart. And that yeah. one really blew my mind. Cause you know, we're just like a simple dad and daughter it was from like, like who knows where Utah. It was and, crazy to be up there with like Ariana Grande. She just came out with a new single or something and like tons of other really amazing artists. <laughs> we made it, we made it onto billboards. We were their number one um, emerging artist. Um, on the billboard chart, um, just, I mean, we didn't know what to expect. And so to see all that and the positive feedback is just incredible. We were selling physical CDs and we weren't even sure people had CD players anymore. <laughs> um, but we've sold uh, tens of thousands of physical CDs. And so the response has just been remarkable and um, it's encouraging to see that um, we can make uplifting, inspiring music and have people actually enjoy it, you know? It's really fun because we package all the CDs at our house, so we like <laughs> physically get to see every CD that goes out and like people's names and all the different Where places they, they live. And yeah, it's really fun yeah. to just connect with people that way. That is so fun. Yeah, I remember seeing on your Instagram, your living room just like covered in boxes and <laughs> <Yeah>. packages. <laughs> it's like a yeah. whole family affair to get all those CDs out, which I love. It was, it was. So we um, decided to ship it ourselves. And originally my wife, <laughs> she's like, it'd be cool if we could like handwrite their names and addresses on the shipping labels. I, because we honestly did not expect to sell very many. Yeah. And then when they came in and they were, Thousands. I mean, we sold out, we ordered 10,000 CDs thinking that would take us the year to get through, but we sold out on release day. Wow. And then we were in big trouble because we had to ship <laughs> all of those <laughs> from our living room. But the whole family pitched in. And yeah, my um, brother Easton pulled an all nighter one night just packaging he CDs. He was a rock star. Yeah. But we got him out and. Yeah, we learned some lessons for the Christmas CD. <laughs> yeah, yep. Order more. <laughs> so what has this experience been like from your family? I mean, to go from, you know, just 
living your lives kind of normally to all of a sudden you're in the limelight. You all have done two different interviews on the Kelly Clarkson show. You've done tons of other interviews on various outlets. How has it affected your family to all of a sudden be getting all of this attention? Well, my family is all really supportive. Our, um, if we're going to do music, we decided that it had to be a family um, commitment. So we always talk with our family, like our whole family, um, even down to my six-year-old sister, just to see like how they feel about things. Um, so it's definitely like we all work together to do this music. It's not just us. Like they're even there at the recording studio and everything. So it's, um, I feel like it's actually brought our family closer because we have um, a way to kind of serve um, together, uh, which has been a really cool experience for all of us. Yeah, I mean, there are some hard times. It's because um, we are busy. And so, you know, as a father, I don't have um, as much free time as I did before in just kind of hanging out and playing with the kids. But we try to make, um, like she said, the things that we're doing you know, meaningful, and we, we try to make it a, a together family affair. So everyone can feel involved. And, you know, the kids have earned some spending money. We, we pay them for packaging envelopes and stuff. So they, uh, they've had some fun with that. But um, yeah, I mean, it is still kind of funny. We get recognized, you know, as we go out. Um, and um, our family will be like grocery shopping or something and people <laughs> want pictures and it's really funny <laughs> but we love it I think it that's so fun. cool and you know people are so kind and and honestly they have been so kind to our entire family yeah. and so yeah we're just we feel very humbled and, and grateful um, to be in this position yeah yeah no that's so it's so healthy I think the approach that you all have taken to this and you all did make the decisive decision that you were going to approach recording music in a really unique way and essentially make the fans your recording label. Can you talk a little bit about that decision and why you decided to make the band your recording label uh, and really to be crowdfunded? Yeah, so um, as when we started this, we, we talked to some other artists and friends of ours, and we've got some really good advice. So when you sign with the label, they, um, they, they kind of control the music. And for a lot of people, it's a great way to go. But um, for us, um, we, we wanted to be so careful about the message and the image and the branding. And my daughter was 15 at the time, and I just wanted to make sure that we could do the things that that we wanted to do and that we found was important um we have friends who who would try to um go sing for a charity you know and their label would say no um that's we can't do that and we just never wanted to have to be in that position and so to and so we have um we call it our shopping you know it's the shopam.com and you know our our fans um can go on there and they can support us and have a say um in our music and it's been so fun so our fans have helped us decide cover art which songs we do um which videos like we'll record two different like kitchen versions or something versions, and they get to decide it's and it's really helpful to get their opinion yeah because that's who the um, music's for but yeah. like it's like this really cool focus group that we get of our super fans and the and feedback we're friends is with so a lot cool. of them. Like they're from all around the world, but we um, are able to message each other 
and we do these um, Q and A's every month where we get to talk to each other. So we've actually become pretty close with a lot of them, which has been super cool and really fun. And we love it. Yeah, yeah that's so unique. I absolutely love that. I love the approach you all have taken. Matt, I want to ask you, as, as a dad, how are you sort of navigating like, okay, how, how do we kind of balance that? Like, okay, we're, we're growing and we're pursuing this awesome thing. Um, but at the same time, like you, you know, you want to have those, those boundaries and keep family first and foremost. So how, how have you been navigating that as a father? Um, I, it is a work in progress. <laughs> um, I haven't figured it out yet, if I'm being totally honest. And it's just, um, you know, there, there was a lot that we didn't know that we didn't know um, when we started. And so as we're learning, um, you know, this music world and what, what it requires, um, we adjust, you know, and learn um, as we go. And so balance is really important to us. Um, we haven't figured it out quite yet. Um, I still have my, my day job. I, I run a real estate company. And so there's, there are a lot of things going on. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's something that we're trying to be very intentional about. Um, but we haven't mastered yet. <laughs> we're still working on it. That's a very healthy and honest response. <laughs> yeah, certainly a journey and just a very uncharted territory. You all have entered into quickly, but from my perspective, you're doing an amazing job and it's really precious just to watch the two of you as a father and daughter just making this beautiful music together. And you recently had the opportunity to share your music on a big stage in front of a live socially distanced audience and also in front of many people who are tuning in online. Can you tell me a little bit about how that whole concert experience came to be? Well, we, um, we had two concerts. We had a virtual one that was our own and then we had one with a couple of other artists at an arena. Um, and both of those were really different, but also really um, amazing experiences because I feel like it really helped us grow as um, people and as performers um, just to perform in front of people um, and to feed off of that response live is like a completely different experience um, and it was so fun it's so different than sitting at your kitchen table with a <laughs> camera in front of you because you're actually singing for real people <laughs> um, live so yeah. yeah I mean our first concert concert was virtual um, but it was cool. We had a screen in front of us so we could see comments like live during our concert and we can kind of interact with the fans that way. But that was so fun to do a whole, you know, hour plus long concert of just our music with, you know, just us and the other musicians on stage. It was terrifying, <laughs> but so exciting and so fun to do. And it was just, it was a total high um, at the end of that concert. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't sleep. <laughs> But then the, the arena concert was, that was something else. That was, um, that was amazing. That was the first time we tried these things that they call in-ears. If you've seen like artists on stage and they have the big things in their ears, it was the first time we tried it. So there was a lot of firsts for that arena show. Um, the in-ears were a different experience. Um, you couldn't hear the audience as well with those in. Okay. Um, 
but it's still cool because you can see their faces and you can feel their energy and I love that yeah I really enjoyed that but we were on the Kelly Clarkson show backstage like 20 minutes before we walked on stage <laughs> so wild this day. Crazy. yeah and and Nelly was there like the wow. rapper <laughs> wow getting some last minute advice from them before we went on stage and that I mean Sometimes we're just we just look at each other. We're like, who even are we? Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> and Savannah, for that concert, you were the only female on stage, correct? Yeah, that. Yeah, I was the only girl on stage, which was so intimidating, if I'm being honest, um, because I knew that my voice would, um, like, carry. Keep, yeah, it would carry because it's high, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was definitely really scary. But you killed it. But, oh, she did so amazing. Like, you wouldn't know it from watching the concert. Savannah just looked like she belonged. Mm, thank you. With her confidence, and it was so fun to see. She killed it. Thank you. Wow. It takes a lot of courage to stand on a, on a stage full of, yeah, all these male tenor voices and say, okay, I'm going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. I was like, I, they're all just like have those really strong voices and like, I don't know. I just felt so like kind of small on stage, <laughs> my voice and everything, but oh. it, it was fun. It, it really was. Yeah, super, you did an amazing job. Yeah, so cool. Well, the New York Times just did an awesome write-up about you guys, which was included uh, in their story, 20 albums that put a new spin on the holidays. And they wrote about your recent Christmas album. They say their rendition of Mary Did You Know is, is poignant and elegantly spacious, almost nervy in its conviction. And I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day has an unlikely echo of extremes more than words. Throughout, Savannah sings with airy sweep and Matt booms like a drill sergeant on thankful father and daughter harmonize into billowy bliss. Wow, that's quite the, <laughs> quite the write-up from the New York Times. So let's take a minute to listen to just a clip of your rendition of Mary Did You Know off of your latest album, Merry Little Christmas. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you this child that you've delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know? That song is so absolutely gorgeous. The New York Times, their comments uh, were also, they discussed a little bit just about the innocence of your music, which I'm so glad that they brought that up because there is just this beautiful, really class to the music that you all select and that you sing together. So how do you all go about choosing the songs that you're gonna to sing together? Um, well, our arranger and piano guy, um, Steven, who is a wizard, I don't know how he does what he does, mm -hmm. um, but he 
helps us choose all of the songs. So if he has an idea, he'll um, kind of brainstorm with it and play with it and just see if it um, fits. Um, and that's how we did a lot of our songs for the past two albums. Um, some of them we, we would choose. get together usually and, and have like the initial like brainstorm session. session. And to us, it's important um, that the song really resonates with us. It has a, a message that, that we want to convey. Um, and so some of them have a, have a deeper meaning. Um, some of them are just for fun and just music that we love and and so we'll kind of go through a bunch of those different ideas and um you know our goal is to um, record more songs than we'll put on the album and we can kind of pick but so originally our christmas album was just going to be a, a, a little um lp or whatever they call it yeah ep lp i still don't know what it's mean <laughs> Um, but a shorter album, like four songs. Um, but we just, we just loved the songs. And so we made it. So we went back and did more. We did, we did all seven um, on the Christmas album. But yeah, it's just kind of a, what, what um, resonates with us is kind of how we choose the songs. Yeah. Well, and it definitely seems to resonate with so many others, people all over America, all, all over the world. And I think part of of that of what people love about your music is the connection that you all just naturally have as a father and daughter one of my favorite things watching your videos i don't know if this is intentional or if you all just naturally do this but when you turn at, and smile at one another <laughs> it's like the sweetest thing like oh it's just so precious to see the two of you making music together so how has this process affected your relationship as father and daughter it's been good for us. Uh, we definitely spend a whole lot more time together than we did before. I feel like we've learned a lot more about each other, and I feel like we've um, like been able to gain a better friendship and relationship, I think. Yeah, we do have some disagreements <laughs> <laughs> because both of us um, have like opinions on the music because we both care so much. I think it's been But I'm like, usually right. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but well, we do we do um I this is what I love though, because Savannah is um she you know, we're we're headed into this industry where people, if you're not careful, will try to um mold you into the image that they want. And so um I love that Savannah has a voice and opinion. And I love that we can butt heads on that sometimes. Um, and she can um, argue her point and why she feels that way. And, and then I can tell her why I'm right. <laughs> yeah. But I also feel like it's um, gotten us closer because we both um, feel more comfortable sharing how we feel and like our opinions. Mm -hmm. So I think it's definitely been a good thing in the end. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so beautiful. It's so good just to see that working process. Uh, now, essentially, in a way, as colleagues, like you're having to figure out, okay, we're making this thing together. How do we make it something that we're both really proud of and really excited to share with the fans? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been fun. We're business partners. <laughs> so what what is next for you all you've released two singles released two albums what's next for 2021 
we hope to release um, a couple more albums. So we want to do like one normal or two. We don't really know yet. Um, and then we would love to do more Christmas music. So we're just kind of taking it as we go. But we'd love to do but, shows. Like hopefully yeah, that can, shows. you know, hopefully um, 2021 looks a little different than, than 2020 because connecting with our fans, you know, in person, um would be really special for us um to be able to go out and um sing for our fans where they are a little bit and meet some people from around the world that would be really cool yeah but if that can't happen or doesn't happen we just love i think my favorite part of all this is just in the creating of the music that is it is really magical (laughs) like when we get a song and we start working with it and we're working our parts and to go into the studio, which, you know, we had never been in a real studio before we started any of this. And the process is so fun. And then, you know, it's a lot of work, but you get it back and you can hear the end result. And it's just magical. It's just, um, and I, and I love the music creation process. And so we're just excited to make some more music next year. And we, we uh, you know, it's kind of the, the way the world is right now is we'll just take it as it comes. But <laughs> we, we, uh, we'd love to put out some um, more music albums and hopefully performances. Yeah. Well, we're excited to look out for those. And so our, our audience, I know they can find your music on YouTube, Spotify. They can order your albums. But tell us, like, how can we follow you on social media? Um, and then if we want to be a part of your, of actually supporting your music, how can we do that? Yeah, so on social media, if you just look for Matt in Savannah, now we've made it really difficult because I, my name is spelled with one T. <laughs> and so I was never able to buy a souvenir as a kid with my name on it. And so I said, Savannah, it's only fair that we spell Savannah without an H at the end. <laughs> And so it's Matt and Savannah, Matt with one T, Savannah with no H, um, on on all the social media platforms, right? Mm-hmm. I think we're on yeah, all of them. I think so. And um, there's mattandsavannahmusic.com, um, and you can go there to get all the music, um, order yeah. a CD, um, whatever you want. And then, what is the... The shop fam. The um, shop fam.com. So you could... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can go there and um, look into how you can support our music and actually take part in the in the process of making music um, with us. And that's fun. We do a lot of behind the scenes and um, live question and answer chats that we do monthly just to check in with everybody and let them know um, what's happening and what's coming up. And and so it's fun. Yeah. The shopfam.com. Awesome. Guys, thank you both so much. Just a joy having you on the show. And I'm so excited just to keep following you all, following your music and your work, uh, and hopefully have you back on again soon with new updates. So thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thank Thank you. you. And we would love it anytime you just let us know. Thank you so much. You bet. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to the Daily Signal podcast. You can find the Daily Signal podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Please be sure to leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, and please encourage others to subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. We're going to be off for the next two days, but Rachel and I will be back with you all on Monday to kick off the top five of 2020, a week of looking back 
on the year and sharing your and our favorite podcast interviews from 2020. Enjoy your holiday. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is executive produced by Kate Trinko and Rachel Del Judas. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. For more information, visit DailySignal.com.